1: Two-pitch, ball lined to Yount, it's short! He throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air. Yount, makes a great catch and one! The Amos has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings and here it is! A face hit in the right center! He's done it! 3,000
0: for Robin. And there's a drive to the left field! This is hit well! And it's good! gone. a A 2-1 home run! The Brewers take the lead! Morgan, a smash up the middle!
2: You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder, and me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, we got ourselves an emergency podcast. I was on a beach uh, sipping a tropical drink uh, during our our two week postseason before the off season off season break. <laughs> uh, but the wait—is uh, Brewers... this not the
3: the Brewers World Series preview pod? Is that not what we're here for?
2: Uh, this bite at the apple fell short. Um, but we still do have news to talk about. And because of the nature of this news, uh, we brought in uh, a guy from the bullpen, Milwaukee's finest, uh, Jordan Tresky, here to talk about the news that David Stearns is stepping down uh, from his post leading the Brewers front office. First, before we dig into that, the weird press conference and everything. Uh, surrounding what this means, what his legacy is. First of all, Jordan, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast.
4: Doing well. I was uh, in the, the pitching lab, the podcasting lab. My dog is already making a ruckus. This is a, a, a
2: familiar sight. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, appropriate for uh, the chaotic nature of the day. I think we all did not expect to wake up to the news that, that David Stearns is is stepping down as president of baseball operations, Matt Arnold, who has been the senior VP and GM of the Brewers uh, since 2020 and has been in the uh, front office since Stearns got there in 2015, is going to move into a role overseeing baseball operations. Uh, so big news, uh, I guess I'll go to you, Adam, first, and then Jordan, uh, will go to you because you can provide some more context, Adam. And I've been doing this this podcast for the 162 game 2022 season Adam experienced the 2021 playoffs, but Cern's legacy extends a lot further than that. But yeah, so I'll go to you, Adam first thoughts on the move and like just initial gut reaction.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to speak legacy. Um, That will be, we'll, we'll pass it over to Jordan, I guess for for some more on that front. I'm currently pretty confused. I, don't think the messaging here is crystal clear. I hope internally um, there are more open and frank discussions and everyone knows exactly where they stand. Because as we have already discussed, you know, communication from the front office down on important decisions within the organization uh, were an issue last year, played an important part within the brewery season. Uh, like the full range of stuff that Stern said with his really, really big smile on his face, he said a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of stuff. um, uh, Including, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here in Milwaukee, which I thought was really puzzling because the news breaks and I think the assumption that we all make and I even saw reporters and TV people in New York already being like, yeah, the the rumblings have been there already that this was about to happen and it's just a matter of time before you go to the Mets. If that's the there, case... There were well, even
2: uh, reporters uh, linking him to an open role in the Astros front office, a team that's in the World Series. So, like, the, there was smoke uh, around Twitter of people thinking this was a precursor to something else. But continue, sorry. He
3: just, If that's the case, I mean, I know we should expect a degree of disingenuous comments, this kind of stuff. It's just stock and trade, but surely you don't want to come off like such a massive fool as he will. If next week he is in fact, a part of the Mets or the Astros. I, I don't get it. I don't get like, it's one thing. Okay. He's been doing this role for quite a few years. There's a lot of pressure, pressure attached to it. Um, let's not pretend that any that his next role, wherever that may be, will not have considerably more pressure because it will come with greater spending. I think we all know that. If we're to take him at his word and he wants to spend more time with his family, fair enough. Um, he has other things he wants to do. He kept really vaguely saying and would not get drawn into that anymore when people try to explore that. He was then asked, you know, which he is, he's a really young guy, which to that's what makes this as weird as it is. It's not really a surprise. Um, I think even over the course of the season, we just kind of talked about this as like, it is a matter of time. Brewers fans are on that page. He talked about, he's had ongoing discussions with Mark and Adonazio. And it was always like, yeah, the day is going to come. But I think everyone assumed the day was going to come where like the Mets pick up the phone and they're like, Hey Mark, can we talk to David? And then negotiations play out between both sides from there and he leaves. Not this way, so that when he's asked like, "Do you expect to work in baseball again?" he's like, oh. I love baseball. I continue to love baseball. Maybe I'll just be a fan. Who knows maybe i'll so, what are we doing? What is going on? It just it feels like there's not transparency there, which look that is not surprising with any sports team. I've certainly had my share of that with Milwaukee sports team. It doesn't get any less annoying, and for us, one one very brief note. The Brewers didn't even stream this themselves, which caused me to scramble to try and find a press conference. Turns out you can get MLB network on the MLB.tv app on your phone only, not on not on my tablet, not on desktop. So I eventually got there. But I've seen the Brewers stream plenty. Like you're putting this thing together. It's not going out live on your YouTube, your Twitter, on Bally Sports Wisconsin. It's like, what are we doing here? I don't like the handling of all of it. I think that's possibly not coincidental that they put it somewhere that is not as readily accessible to everyone. Um, I saw some comments under their tweets calling attention to that. But does that suit the Brewers right now to not draw too much attention to, oh, look, we just missed the playoffs and David Stearns is leaving and he's not even saying why or where or when he's really leaving. We've got this weird advisor role which I don't think anyone could take seriously or believe is really a thing so what it changes for the Brewers from a baseball sense maybe very little it could end up being much more than we expect that's largely TVD but right now I'm just pretty confused which okay that's one thing if fans are confused if media are confused that's one thing I just hope that the messaging within the organization is a whole lot better and that the hierarchy is very crystal clear. And uh, if this is Matt Arnold's ship now, he is the captain. He is steering this boat from this moment. And there's not going to be some weird process. And we're, I don't know, sounding out sterns or what, I, I don't know. We don't need this to be more convoluted than it already was.
2: Yeah, we'll get to Arnold in a minute. And this is <clears throat> part of the, the, the story here that I'm most intrigued and probably excited by, David Stern's built a lot of success in Milwaukee, but sometimes you need a new voice. You need a new person pushing the button. And Arnold's a guy that has been around baseball. He worked for another very intelligent, analytically inclined organization in Tampa Bay um, for a while before he was hired by the Brewers. Um, And he said in the press conference that there have been offers for him to join other organizations and he's wanted to stay with the Brewers. So he might be a guy who's been waiting his turn and looking to really make his mark what that ends up being and how much creativity and agency is to he is given to make big decisions remains to be seen uh i want to read some of the quotes from the press conference or the uh the statement so stern says this is not an easy decision for me and it's something i've been wrestling with for a long time mark adonazio and i have had open dialogue and we both knew this day could eventually come It has been a priority for both of us that any transition would take place while the organization is in a healthy position with solid leadership and a talented roster going forward. That is certainly the case today. Uh, Obviously, that goes into him saying he'll be an advisor and staying in Milwaukee, which you're not the only one, And I'm not the only one, Adam, that uh, is taking that with a large grain of salt uh, on MLB Network, where I was able to view the uh, stream. Mark DeRosa, uh, MLB Network analyst. Uh, I think his quote was, why are you smiling? I'm on to you. Like he, Mark DeRosa, clearly conspiratorial like us, thinks that this is going to be a precursor to a different front office job for Stearns. Just remains to be seen. when.
3: Can we just reiterate that for a second, too? For anyone who like they've done this a very short notice in the middle of a work day. So there could be people who are listening to this and this is part of their catch up on the news rather than having seen. David Stearns was smiling, like, ear-to-ear relentlessly throughout this in a way that was a, a little confusing. Whether Jordan already made this joke privately, but whether he was the latest MLB plants to promote the, the release of the major motion picture smile, uh, that remains to be seen, or but he was he just was like,
4: ear-to-ear. Uh, exposed to some weird gas leak that just made <laughs> him <a> smile. <laughs> Like that's what it felt like. It was, it maybe, was bizarre.
3: Maybe the other career opportunities <laughs> he's going to explore are becoming the Joker. That could be that could be on his agenda. Who knows? Maybe that's They're what he was coy sequel. about that. But um, uh, very, very strange. Just if you haven't it, seen it, he really was in I like I don't know. I mean, part of it is yeah, it's a celebration of his time, but I do think there's other people who particularly if they did have something almost kind of Not quite signed and sealed, but there was something in the works. I think they would portray a more somber tone and just be like, you know, say all my thank yous. Yeah, Matt's gonna, you're great hands. I Uh, love my time here. Didn't get to win a World Series. I'll always, I'll always regret that. But hey, hopefully we put the groundwork in place instead of just beaming ear to ear. So I don't know.
2: I, I don't know. I, that was the most relatable thing to me because if I was quitting my job and knew I was still getting paid, I would be stoked. I would be cackling the whole time. It'd be great. Uh, if you you know, we'll we'll see how we'll see uh, what shakes out. Do we think he, there? Do we
3: think he is still got it? Yeah, he's well. He's in that, not He's on still the he's yeah, he's under... but they've got to restructure that contract. I,
4: don't I think so.
3: Jordan, I, you I, can't have said, "Oh, hey, Mark, I'm not doing my job this year." but I've got a year
2: left on that contract. So pay me as such. So how does that work? I would imagine that it's renegotiated to a lower amount. That would yes, be my has guess. To be, uh, has to be, particularly with the Brewers. Come on. I don't know what the going rate for an advisor is. So, you know, that that I don't ask, have any insight. That's Rod
3: Torn. Rod Torn will have yeah. a scoop.
2: Uh, Jordan, your initial reaction. And also, I mean, you've been with this this team through the ups and the downs and it ended poorly, but there were some ups along the way. So what are your overall, I guess, grade or thoughts on his tenure here?
4: Um, Yeah, uh, the initial thoughts of, of the timing of everything, I don't think I was surprised. Especially when it's just been talked about for so long that it's like, okay, it's, it, the rubber's going to meet the road at some point where he has a year left on under his contract before it got renegotiated. <laughs> Um, and all the Mets stuff, now that as you mentioned, I saw the Astros link to an organization that he came from before coming to Milwaukee. Um, there's just there was just so much smoke. And obviously, I think I'm not i he made it very clear that the how this season went didn't affect his um judgments or you know decision that this has already been in the works for a long time. But it's hard not to kind of like look at where this team is. It's it's not necessarily in the, in transition, but it's definitely in a retool. And I think you hit it on the head, Andrew. I think it's just like you can say all the nice things about what David Stearns did to rejuvenate the, the brewers, make it more a sustainable team. The results kind of speak for themselves. The fact that I believe is Scott Grodsky had something about. Brewers have been to the playoffs four times under Stearns' seven years, and they went to the playoffs four times in the previous 46. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it didn't get you to a World Series um, and only one playoff series win, but still, it's enough to kind of like this is still in the overall sco- scope of the Brewers. It's a rarefied error um, uh, and period of success, but I'm also of the mind that Things, I don't think that the way things have been, they have been operating the team and the way that we've seen, obviously, Hater making the move for Hater, and uh, Stearns is possibly quiet quitting. I don't know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Like, you're I not supposed
3: think... to go and smile and tell everyone you've quit if you're quiet. Yeah, quitting. that is true.
4: But I, I do believe that there, there's something, something had to change in terms of their operational. Um, not structured necessarily, but just the the priorities and just like, you're not going to be able to do the same things you have been doing for however many years now that you have a team that needs real help and you have a foundational piece that is quite a few years away. And, you know, um, we're all excited for Jackson cheerio, but it's still like banking on this lottery ticket paying off to you a know, billion dollars or whatever. It's so like there's real work to be done and I don't know if it's clear that Stearns didn't feel like he was the guy that could do it. Um he's already been through kind of a retool of himself so it's just a lot a lot to ask up for him but I don't know. I I kind of I'm not surprised. I think it's he what he did obviously was great for the organization and really put Milwaukee back on the map with baseball but for for the task that lies ahead for the next 2 3 years as you're trying to thread this needle of winning now and continuing to build for the future it's if you're not 100% in on that as he mentioned then step away and whatever opportunity comes for him, like play all year at x golf i don't know whatever you want oh, to do oh
3: god obviously I've got, I've got two things just before it goes back to you andrew two things i want to put you because there's two things that bother me here that's probably there's more than two things let's it. <laughs> but the idea obviously the brewers are painting this and stearns is doing likewise and i just i think it's important that we kind of we come down on that pretty clearly and we don't let it be just kind of unchecked propaganda This is not Stern's leaving the team in like the best place it's been in his time. This is not Stern's, like he was talking about. Even you know, it might even be in in the statement rather than anything he said about wanting to leave the team in a really good place. And this is a really good place. It's like it's been in better places, my guy. Like it could be in a good place a few years from now, and you'll certainly get your share of credit for that. But let's not let's not pretend this is like. Matt Arnold is inheriting some sort of sure thing here. That is not the case at all. So I'd like us to just trample what seems to be that official narrative right now and not let that catch hold because, yeah, things are not terrible by any means. Like The Brewers do have something they can build from and be a really good team with, but it's not like there are no decisions to be made and everything is perfect. Like Matt Arnold is inheriting Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff at closer to the peak of their abilities, but much further down the line of... Them being under club control, and that is when you're in this position with a team like the Brewers. That's essential. The one other thing that I want to get out there, you rightly say, Jordan. This is something that we have all known. This is like in the works for quite some time. Um, doesn't doesn't seem like it though. They could be more together. For example, you know who I'd like to see at this press conference? The owner.
4: We'll
1: the, yeah.
3: Like Mark Adnanio is just not there, so. I, I get this is not his sole business. He's got other stuff going on. That's fair enough. But why is this thing like at a day's notice? Um, Even Matt Arnold, like there's this talk of Stearns and um, Adonazio have talked all season about this. And, you know, they've always been very transparent. Time would come. And then Matt Arnold was asked, well, when did you know? And he's like, Oh, well kind of some discussions were had two weeks ago. And uh, then, uh, we got together to finalize things yesterday morning. And I was like, that's still pretty condensed. Like with the the level of relationship that Matt Arnold has been there working. And honestly, I would have thought, particularly with hearing, okay, he has had other opportunities and he's turned them down. Part of that must be, yeah, you know, nod in a wink. You know you're next and it's not that far away. Where that suggests, yeah, he may have known in the same way that all of us knew. But he didn't necessarily know in a really concrete way, and the one thing on that there that I found funny, Matt Arnold said, uh, "I know what a good situation is, and this is a great situation." And then there was a follow up; I can't remember which reporter asked, but they're like, "And uh, what about like what? What is a good situation?" And he responded, "The Milwaukee Brewers." And I was like, "Oh, great, that's." Uh, that's the kind of detail that's really gonna reassure me here. It's just like, yeah, this is a great situation because they gave me the job. But there are just a couple of things to put out there. One, Andrew, we need to get ahead of the official narrative. And two, where's Mark? Where's Mark? They've been planning this for so long. It was a possibility. Could they not work this announcement better so that the owner of the team is is present? Would seem like a good idea.
2: Uh yeah, that I I have a bigger issue with. Uh, Mark not being there than I do the guy that's inheriting the job being like, yeah, this is a great thing. Oh, for sure. I'm, uh, not, not uh, that. Uh, I'm, I'm can- just saying that he
3: wasn't necessarily like in on this the whole way true. Either. Right, right. Yeah.
2: I think it's a, I think it's a great situation for someone that is given the keys to the car and allowed to be aggressive in this off season. But I don't know that that's a reality that the brewers are going to live in or that Matt Arnold's going to live in, in this off season, because you've got pieces you can use as, you know, trade value to acquire pieces that can help your major league club right now. You've got young players that are ready to come in and make an impact, but the voice that's not in the room, uh, has a lot of say in whether or not you're allowed to spend and he wasn't there, like you said. So that's incredibly frustrating that there's been no accountability from ownership after this season. Um, I don't think he spoke. He didn't speak at the end of the season thing that we recapped uh, nope. a few weeks ago. So uh, yeah, a little disconcerting there and just frankly frustrating, but Stearns, legacy, he legacy. Uh, so he took over from Doug Melvin in September, 2015, Melvin then moved into an advisory role, and I believe yeah. he's still with the team, but he was 63 at the time and not. Yeah, that's uh, a normal a young, progression. A young, a young man like David Stern. So, is he burned out? Will he uh, sit out the last year of his contract in an advisory role and then look at opportunities? Will someone make him an offer uh, that he can't refuse? Will, will we get one of the weird things in baseball where we get a trade for an executive, like when Theo Epstein went from the Red Sox to the Cubs? Uh, I don't know a lot can change in the next few months maybe it's one of those situations where he sits at home for a month and he's like yep now i'm refreshed time to go lead the mets to a world series is who knows? Did he?
4: lewis writing his next new york times bestseller about <laughs> david stern's gap year i don't know i don't know
3: did he did he look burned out i know this is somewhat unfair but, but andrew no. before <laughs> this before this podcast you know w- is David Stern's burned out. We're burned out from watching David Stern's products. We were supposed to be having a break here. He's forced us back a little bit early. I know for a fact, but we recorded our last episode of Cruising for Bruising before this. Were you grinning ear to ear like David Stern's showed? No, you were not. You needed a I, break.
2: I might have been because I knew the break was coming. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, some other, I guess, I, I guess I'll just take a brief moment back just to look at his tenure. So 2015 takes over. The next year, uh, they have a five-win improvement. I think that was Council's first year as well. Ren- uh, Ron Renicki fired uh, mid-season. First full year,
4: I should, I should say.
2: Yeah, it's first full year because uh, Council had taken over 2015 uh, when Renneke was fired. Uh, so they see that win improvement, and then they have m- my favorite uh, point in this journey because it's a bookend with this year: 86 and 76 missed the playoffs. And then obviously 2018 96 wins losing the NLCS one win away from the world series the next year uh, lose in the wildcard game to the Washington Nationals who would go on to win the world series 2020 fake season made the playoffs with a 29 and 31 record in the 60 game season. Uh, I think finished fourth in the central, but the baseball let everyone into the playoffs that year. So it didn't matter loss to the uh, Dodgers in the wildcard round. And then uh 2021, 95 wins, lose to the Braves in the National League Division Series. Uh, And then this year, 86 and 76 uh, did not make the playoffs. And I think uh, it's it's interesting because I think largely his tenure is going to be remembered by the trades that were made, both good and bad. And the last one is going to leave a sour taste in a lot of fans' mouths uh, just because of how it turned out. Obviously, the Yelich trade, you get two years of MVP pr- production from him. Uh, the extension is another matter, but I'm not going to uh, fault a team for actually spending money on one of their superstar players. It just, you know, it, it is what it is. The trades for Willie Adamas and Rowdy mid midseason 2021 to give that team a spark and lead them to the division. And then the final uh, – the final – big trade that he made was obviously trading away Josh Hader. And I think uh, it's important to remember the context of everything he brought to the organization and all the success they had. But just the the end, things rarely end well. They can. Uh, but this is uh, an era of Brewers baseball marked, I think, by so much potential uh, that just ultimately – felt just short of the ultimate goal and and where and to adam's point the organization's in a healthy spot but not as healthy as it could have been and the future looks more uncertain than uh like something you can bet on like will this team win the central next year maybe they, you could also see them missing the playoffs again <laughs> excuse me i'm getting all choked up there you about, go yeah
3: no we were just we were due and Andrew
2: Cuff. you know we can't it's cruising. We need one. Uh, I, I was getting all choked up at the thought of watching <laughs> 160 or 162 games again without making the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I think we're just left in this kind of amorphous space of not knowing what's next. I do think there's an interesting thing
3: for a legacy uh, to really zoom out. With Stearns departing now and with Craig Council just securely firmly planted in the dugout for the foreseeable future, it seems. If this does turn and things get good, a history will give council a larger share of the credit than maybe was even necessarily his. Like that's that's also an interesting dynamic to watch unfold from there. Arnold has obviously been there all along. And look, actually, one thing that is worth saying here, just in terms of this progression, we did see a very successful case of an internal appointment with the Bucs, like within Milwaukee sports. We have seen a very successful example of this where John Horse gets promoted. He was very much under John Hammond's wing all along. And I remember all the conversations were, oh, well, it's Hammond's guy, so it's probably just the same. And for those who are book fans, this thing, you will remember just how catastrophic that search for a general manager was, how they stumbled into horse as a compromise and yet how it worked out. And I think something that is crucial there is horse personality was very different to John Hammond's and that might be what we see develop here too. Even if Stearns and Arnold approach things, in a baseball sense, from a similar kind of point of view, if their overall personality is different, that could make a major difference. If Matt Arnold is just maybe a little, a little more of a risk taker, more of a gambler, less of a gambler. Like, for example, one of the interesting things I think that was coming is obviously, OK, there's all these prospects ready to go how many are going to be there by opening day next year how many by the time kind of all-star break trade deadline comes around like what is the transition of that going to be I think the feeling we generally had was there is an element of it that Stearns wasn't going to be able to hold back but that Stearns would still be pretty cautious with that maybe Matt Arnold is just like no let's do this like Maybe that is, that is part of where his viewpoint is going to be on it. I, I think we need to be prepared. As we've talked before, Like maybe it is just, okay, we need to be prepared for another season that likely will not have playoff baseball to come back as a team that can win a World Series two years from now. Like, and if, if that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. I, we, have no, we have no guarantees that he takes that approach, but even coming from the kind of David Stern school of thought on this, just by being a different personality, there could be changes here. He could be someone who pushes asio in ways that Stearns wouldn't have either. So that's going to be something to watch unfold. I mean, at this point, obviously we're all going to hope for the best and hope that all the right buttons are are pushed there. Of course, it could work the other way either, but that is going to be the thing as we get to know Matarna a little bit better as the chief decision maker and um, to see how that plays out.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
2: It's, so, it's funny because I think there's a perception around baseball fans that don't follow the Brewers that because of the hater trade, they're going to be sellers and they're going to go into a rebuild. And one of the things, Adam, that <clears throat> we've lamented but I'm going to spin it in a completely different direction about how I would approach team building. If I were in this situation, we've lamented the uh, the Phillies and Padres having the success they've had uh, because you know, the Phillies got into the playoffs. They were one game ahead of the Brewers. It gives lends credence to the bites at the apple uh, theory. That being said, I think more along the lines with what it leads me to think about team building is two teams that invested in, in their roster were rewarded because when they got to the playoffs, they had enough talent to compete with the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves. The same same spinners, could be
3: said for the Padres on that too. who obviously Yeah, that's, that's went what all I'm in. saying. They, yeah.
2: they, uh, they invested uh, in the middle of the season. The Phillies did in the offseason, bringing in Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos had a tough year, but he's had some nice moments in the playoffs a few years ago. Obviously they give that big contract to Bryce Harper they know they have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler leading the rotation and that they can be in any series and they uh, filled in some of the weaknesses on their roster. Obviously their defense can be an adventure from time to time, but they've got just guys that can produce at the plate and it's paid off for them. The, yeah, the Padres to your point as well. They're like, we're close. Let's get Josh Bell. Let's get Juan Soto. Let's go all in. And if I were coming into this Brewers off season, I would be using their success as a reason to go all in and I know it's bites at the apple can be a hundred percent correct but I think that comes with investment before you get to that point and knowing when you've reached a stage uh where that's possible and I think you go into next season you hopefully get Freddie Peralta back healthy hopefully Brandon Woodruff doesn't miss as much time get Burns back uh Lauer and Ashby probably will fill out that rotation. You need to make some improvements in the bullpen and you probably need one or two more bats. Why not take a big swing and use the example of the Padres and Phillies knowing that they're close but not all the way there and like take that big swing to make yourself that 95-win team again? Because I think think the bones of a roster uh, that can compete again are there, but you just have to improve those other areas. And some of that will come from, uh, Mitchell full season, uh, Ruiz, maybe, uh, Weimer, who knows where it'll come from, but I don't think you sit out this off season, um, and say, well, let's just, let's just run it back. So it's, it's funny how that I think the perception of the Brewers is that they're a team that's in the midst of kind of rebuilding and all, will they trade Rowdy? Will they trade one of the two big starters? I think that would just be so silly and it's so early uh, to do that. I mean, you've got – eventually you're going to come to the conversation about do you give Burns an extension? Do you give Woodruff an extension? If Matt Arnold's the guy to do that <laughs> or uh, he's the one that's going to have to make those decisions, um, If I think if if you decide you're not going to do that, I really think you got to look at 2023 as, all right, we're taking one more big run with this core. And then, obviously, we've got the young guys that are cycling in. We've got Chorio in uh, 2023. We've got a guy like Jefferson Caro, uh talented young catcher. So, I think they're in a middle ground spot where they can promote the youth, go all in on the core pitching that they have now, and then still have an eye towards the future. And it's just all about the decisions they make over the next six months.
1: Yeah.
4: Sorry. I, I think – I know we're using a lot of Apple analogies. Um, I think my, where I'm at is how can they not upset the apple cart? Because as Andrew mentioned, they have the bones of a roster and certainly a pitch rotation that can carry them into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs. Um, And I know watching whatever 15 minutes of coverage that we can see at the conference, (laughs) Uh, matt arnold used the word opportunistic very opportunistically um so that's a very key um theme that he's pushing out there uh early into his tenure
3: did we share that um, quote i think i know we talked to it before we started but we shared that i don't think we did okay did so it? a tweet from kurt hog of the hog even of the walkie journal Santo. Um, Matt Arnold says the organizational philosophy and how to remain competitive over the next several years is a quote unquote real conversation that he will be having with ownership going forward quote we need to be opportunistic and ultimately I think that will lead us to a World Series end quote
2: Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns under the contracts they're on right now is my definition of opportunity (laughs) yeah
4: you're not going to be able to pass that up (laughs) Unless if you uh, trade him at the deadline and get uh, DFA a pitcher that you don't end up getting. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's part of the frustration of following the the Brewers uh, this 2022 season was you saw glimpses of how it could work. You saw pieces of how it could work. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff were fantastic when um, healthy and and doing all these things that it just made it that much more frustrating. And then when the hater trade happened, it was just like, it was symbolic of the mixed messaging and just where, what it represented, this weird path that they're on right now of being in the middle, but they know that they can be better, but they're not going to bottom out because that's just not in Antonazio's way of thinking. Um, and it, it just kind of symbolizes the last five years specifically because things got so good so fast for the brewers that they fell into this. They had a plan, but the, the plan sped up before that they saw happening. And I think that's where it's like, you can only dance on this line for so long and have a real pulse on everything. And for, for this change to happen and to, for Arnold to kind of take the big step up. I agree. that I don't think a lot, I don't think the big things are going to change, but the fact that he, there's a new voice and that he's the one making the final call on, you know, big organizational things. I don't, that's not nothing. That's for sure. Um, I just hope can, can that be aligned with ownership being willing to spend and not looking at this year as like, it's, hopefully not as an aberration and then retreating because <laughs> you're never going to find another Cord You're never going to find a brand of Woodruff it, specifically with pitching that you think that you can really, you know, I don't know, catapult yourself to a world series the way that they should be able to, if everything goes right for them.
2: Yeah. I think Adam's, Adam has, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it, but I've changed. Adam has changed my tune on, if this could mean something different coming because i think we all sat and listened to sterns at the end of the uh season press conference and he basically told the fans not to expect any moves uh to like upgrade the lineup coming externally he basically said the gist of that whole conversation was yeah we'll probably have to trade to like build up pitching depth or make signings to build up pitching depth, especially in the bullpen. but expect any uh, improvements to line up to come from the guys at Nashville. <clears throat> but now, now the guy that made those statements is not the guy making these decisions. And I think I the first thing that I said to Adam was like when this news broke is we're going to have to talk about this, but organizationally, what does this do to the philosophy? That being said, Matt Arnold is not David Stern. they're not the same person, I mean, you know, here at GSP, and say we had like a leadership structure at GSP, I'm sure we do to a degree. And I'm at the I, bottom. I think of we it, do. But...
3: It's unspoken. We none of us acknowledge it, but we do. You know? Yeah,
2: exactly. And if that person stepped down, and <laughs> Adam, you were ascending to to the throne. Wow. Okay. Even if you, even if you work well with that person, like that person, have a lot of agreements. How you would necessarily run a organization? No, I don't, want Ty, I don't want Ty advising me. What are you talking about? Let's get him out of here. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> You're gonna have opinions of your own, and that's just like on well, a human to human basis. That's a thing that is possible.
3: The biggest, the biggest difference on that, right? And if we want to, we want to make it not about the Brewers. We go that way. We could extend that. Uh, everything that's happened with the Brewers in recent years, like Matt Arnold, is part of that. He does not get the credit for it. So Stearns had credit banked. Matt Arnold does not. He may have some more of that with Mark Adonazio. He will not with fans. So he can't do what Stearns, no one is going to be going to bat for him and being like, oh, but look at all those playoff runs we got. So he, by nature, has to be more forceful to try and bring about winning now because whether that's to have the ultimate success as part of the Brewers, or in true uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Moneyball fashion. So he has the right things to be able to say in his next interview, whatever that is down the line. Yeah, that's part of the reality. Stearns had done that. So Stearns was at a place where he's the golden boy. Look what I did with no money. You know, I did it consistently over a number of years. And he he got out before it could really have like fallen apart too. So the one thing with Matt Arnold, even if he thinks the same, like, Even if they were the same person, if David Stearns, a clone of David Stearns, I know it's a terrifying prospect with the big smile, but if he was to be dropped in now and just like, this is your new president of baseball operations, he would have to operate differently to the other version of David Stearns because he doesn't have the credit there. It's like he's got to answer to someone. Now, I will again reiterate, a lot of this comes down to like, where's Mark? Where's Mark? Does he have to answer to Mark? Is Mark there to answer to um, when he's looking for more money, is he going to be able to have those? Is this a where's where's Waldo situation? Uh, where in the world is is it Carmen Santiago? Is that the other one? Like, I, I is that it? Okay. Yeah. Um, is is Mark in Norfolk? Like, where is he? Can we can we just assume we know where he is? And he's in England. And he's tending some other sports business. I actually am doubtful on that. Um, is he tending to his regular business? It'd be nice to hear from him, though, among the changes. And that's what a lot of this will come down to. But to my point, Matt Arnold doesn't have, at least in a public front-facing way, the credit banks that Stearns had. And that will just... It will force him to be more aggressive. He has to be. He has to try and be more dominant in getting things that will happen to make this team a winning team now. Because otherwise, he's got nothing to hang his hat on.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's the difference in how he's assuming... This role too, David Stearns, I mean the the they tore it down <laughs> when Stearns was here. There was nothing to really build up. I mean, if there was anybody that was still left, is Croy and oh, missing obviously Braun. But like everybody knew what was on the table. Anybody could be dealt with at any moment. It's easier to build up from when you have nothing or very one hundred percent, one hundred percent when matt arnold's taking over and it's like hey you have this 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 why aren't you better you should be better and all this stuff i think that's also part of why you know now you know can reflect a little bit more with time removed on it the fact that Stearns made what he felt was a sound decision to trade hater but hater was one of these pieces that symbolized the rebuild to trade him away and then a few months later, you leave your post or become an advisor, whatever. Like that is just kind of, and I think the the obviously the, the reaction and the outcome of not just the brew season, but seeing Hater go on in the postseason, play with the Padres, and rebound from you know all the ups and downs that he was facing at various points this year in Milwaukee. It just kind of it it, it sparked something. There was something that just kind of hit more at the bone of just like just beyond just saying, this is a bad trade. <laughs> it was a clearly bad trade. And how would Matt Arnold approach? Would he even trade Josh Hader? Maybe he would have, but would he, if he had done so, would he have brought up Estuary's Ruiz or would he have brought up Garrett Mitchell earlier? Like those little decisions that may have salvaged this season and may, maybe we're talking about the Brewers going deep in the postseason, going the world series, like the Phillies are, because, they were the last wild card team. Like I, there's just so many different th- ways that, like, based on how the last four to five months have gone, <laughs> that have totally changed the structure of, of where the Brewers are at with their future and in so many different aspects. That I don't know. It kind of makes today just kind of the inevitable, uh, I guess, conclusion to where. Things had been heading. That it's hard sense. to
3: hard to look past the, uh, the hater trade and the Trevor Rosenthal fiasco and the Donelson Lamette fiasco too. Because like you're going out, you've missed the playoffs, and you can talk again about oh, you know, leaving really the things in a good place. So play with the biggest whiffs he's had in his time with the Brewers. Like, he was not prepared to be drawn on if there was any moment which made it clear to him, you know, this was when he wanted to leave. I'm going to take a guess that that is a moment or the months after seeing how that was unfolding, where he was like, yeah, let's step away here. Part of that may just be self-preservation. It's like I've built up a really strong reputation based on what I've done here. And if I if I do another video an off season that goes like those those few transactions went if I go to another trade deadline you know your reput reputation could disappear in a hurry but like that shouldn't be again in any kind of lauding of all the good that's done he really screwed it up and he ultimately yep. had to admit that that trade was and the deals around it were not good and to then come to this point it's like yeah. I think the time is right for me to move on. It's like, yeah, it might be, but I I don't know. I that, that Also, that's an elephant in the room that it's a stain. It's a stain on his legacy with the Brewers. And yes. whether it may be just kind of lost the time because Matt Arnold gets it right. Craig Council gets it right. Dare I say, Mark Adonazio gets it right in the, the years to come. And they go and they achieve great things. But I do think in the now that deal still looms large over today's news and proceedings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, The the optics of it all, because of the timing, just do not look great. Like I I had uh, what many would say is a sterling record throughout my tenure here. And then the last half of uh, my last season at the helm, the ship just fully goes off the rails. I just mixed two analogies there, but it's fine. Well, was he um, announced
3: that now because like the Padres' season is over? Would you've had to hold off if if Josh Hader was getting ready to go in a World Series? And you know, if the Padres had managed things better with Josh Hader, they could still could be. But that's a different conversation for a different time. I do think that's even interesting in its own right because yeah, since we've last been on, like Hader has been absolutely he was phenomenal in the playoffs which just generally wasn't his reputation aside from this year's struggles
2: and uh adam i don't have credentials i don't i don't know if you know that uh so i i'm not qualified to even be talking to you right now but don't know if that because, carries over to baseball because of that because of that i don't you know we don't have and we don't have intimate knowledge of how decisions are made within the hierarchy of the brewer's front office was Matt arnold and the rest of the staff in lockstep uh just like everyone was like yes make the hater trade do it now were there some dissenting voices in the room we don't know how that goes but i do think that while arnold doesn't have the goodwill built up among the fan base for the successes previously um he can kind of have somewhat of a blank slate maybe going into at least his first year where it's okay, you weren't the guy making the ultimate decisions, like obviously the communication issues after the hater trade in the clubhouse. If he can learn from those missteps in this last year, build a really good team in his first year where he's already got a template to do so, it's it's almost an advantage for him the way it ended, um, where it is kind of a sour taste in your mouth thinking about the Stearns. You're able to reflect on all the success he did have, but it just went so poorly at the end. Maybe uh, Arnold can, can take advantage of that. And being opportunistic and taking a big swing and having success right out of the gate, um, the, the pour into this season almost can give him a springboard if he's able to do that.
3: I'm also curious what you guys think on where fan sentiment will be on that. I mean, here we are, we're tree Brewers fans. So mm-hmm. if, matt arnold goes makes a really big swing and the team is worse for it i don't have a problem with that right now if i if i see a move that i can clearly see the process i can see the top process not for saving money not for this is the point for making the team better whether that is either really kind of in the now in a very short-term sense or if it is that it's kind of further pushing things along the line slightly and being like okay we are getting to a point where we might have to think maybe it's better that it's two years from now. That's complicated. I'm not saying that necessarily because Corbin and Woody factor into that too. And that's, that's the challenge. That's kind of the, the needle he has to tread right now is okay. Jackson Cheerio is coming, but you've got as good pitching as you're going to ever have. And you don't have the prospects coming on that front. But if he was to make a move that was kind of big and bold and was really blindside us, but the thought process is clear towards winning. I'm fine with what the results are of that. Uh, do you think that's kind of a general thing, or is it a case that if he does some stuff and it goes poorly, we're going to be less to a lot of oh, I wish Stearns was back. This would never have happened under Stearns. That kind of thing. I do think this is a crossroads, and it really is. It's a. I don't there's... think
4: that exists anymore, especially after the Hater trade. I think that that equity that was there. Not that that I'm not saying that um Stearns loses it. I think he will be recognized for what he did, blah 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 blah. But that again, that was a stark like <laughs> shot in the sky of like, huh? Like just it was just did not make any sense almost from the moment that it happened, outside of just like, yeah, he was gonna be a free agent. You want to get out ahead of paying him. I understand that, but like, it makes you a worse baseball team if you're aspirate, uh, uh, if you have championship aspirations. So in that sense, I don't think. I, I think there's always going to be the small, um, social media of we wish is back. The Brewers are better with Stearns, all of that stuff. But if he shows a real vision and what, if there's. Uh, as you said a process behind these moves that is forward thinking to the point where it's like maybe they find something where it's not just like always on the margins or these guys that are undervalued or or stuff like that I think that's when you can... weirdly enough I think surges <laughs> surge's like tenure is that everybody's gonna look at the margins and stuff like that where it's like how did he find like guys like jace Peterson or these guys that like you know, pop up out of nowhere that like oh my gosh like the the identity of that 2017 brewers team the fact that like eric thames travis shot like that was such a big thing of of why things got so good so fast it's the big stuff that he is always that you can look to like the christian yelich lorenzo Kane signings within an hour and all that stuff that will always be referred to as like when things started up and really took wind of everything that like I, I would hope exists to some degree with Arnold, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do it, you have it, question
3: marks So If if Stearns is with the Mets or the Astros or the Yankees or something very soon over how he fares with actual money to spend, do you think there's a chance that doesn't actually lead to a better version of David Stearns than what he was able to do at his best? Like, is he the guy who his greatest skill is finding in true money ball fashion, you know, what's undervalued, what everyone else is overlooking and putting a roster together with that, where if you're like, oh, here's, you know, X hundred a million to spend, go deliver us a World Series. Is that, do you think from years of watching his teams possibly going to be outside
4: his comfort zone? I, I don't know. I, I, admit, I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't know. I just know that like the teams that you mentioned, they have all the money in the world and yet none of them are in the world series. The Yankees haven't, haven't been to a world series. Well, the Astros, the Astros. Astro. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, But like, I don't know. It's just not, it's, it's kind of just tiring because it's like, it obviously having the budget to go after everybody, every big free agent is always going to be rumored to go to, Either the yankees or the, the dodgers i saw something the other day like uh the dodgers have the money to chase aaron judge it's like yeah they're the only team that could do that <laughs> if they reasonably prime away from from the yankees and it doesn't it automatically doesn't mean anything to me or i don't think it means anything outside of the people that are getting these hefty contracts and stuff like that so I don't know, because you could easily be the Angels and have all the money in the world. You have Mike Trout, you have Shohei Ohtani, and you lose eleven to ten because and and two out of three against the Texas Rangers. I it's just like it's it's stuff like that that just it it separates the haves and the have-nots, but it doesn't solve just how hard it is to go to a World Series in the first place, and then to win one, you know.
2: Well, there's also the possibility that in New York, he becomes the guy that made the Yelich trade, but more often. And that anytime there's a big name on the trade market and he says, Hey, hey can I go after this guy? And then he does. And then he locks them up. And then he just is are in the the mess, uh, start to enter into the, the Dodgers business where they just look to build a super team every year. They've already started that. That's, you know, their, their rotation. And now maybe they do it. Um, with the offense. I mean, he got Yelich for basically nothing. And now um, on the free agency market, especially, he can just go hand them a blank check if that's what the Mets are willing to do to uh, make up for, for some of their shortcomings and their collapses uh, this year had the ALE in at least one, and then didn't do it. Um, So I think in terms of, yeah, Jordan, you know the fan base and the perspective they're way better than 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 me and Adam do at this point. But I think perception on how Arnold's doing and Stern's legacy and if there's some element of wanting him back to a large degree is based on where he is and uh because if if Stern's is gone and he's out of the spotlight and um the Arnold Brewers era isn't off to the, a great start. He could be seen as um, maybe partially the architect for that demise. But if he's off in New York, making the playoffs, making deep runs, that changes things considerably because I almost think about, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan too. And we're fickle and our opinion changes based on which way the wind blows Uh, like the consensus on the hater trade flip-flopped back and forth. 10 times in terms of not not the package necessarily but uh whether or not they knew something was wrong with him and they were trading him uh before he lost that value obviously right after the trade um i was like no terrible trade I've, i'm always betting on hater to bounce back uh that, that's what's going to happen he's already started bouncing back and then he goes in san diego's and is terrible for a few weeks and i'm like oh sorry brewers i was wrong and then he looks like the best closer in baseball in the playoffs. And I'm like, no, I was vindicated. So... Yeah, that's that's not even,
3: saves. That's you're not giving yourself enough credit on that arc because the key thing is, it's not like the Brewers ever got the side of the return that looked fantastic. There was no spell. Like at that point, we were like, oh, it's just kind of a lose-lose for both teams. You know, the Brewers could have had the prime version of Josh Hader had earlier. He disappeared. So they got rid of him for what essentially was some junk not including, like, hopefully Estee Reyes is not that, but Taylor Rogers certainly was. Like, I mean, that trade is just terrible all around. Like, it was not great in the moment. We felt that. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with trading hater. At that point, where he was at with the contract situation, find it tough to believe that was the best trade, and that was your point more than anyone's, Andrew, was I don't see why you couldn't get this return if not even a better return at the end of the season. If he does recover and you're coming off a good playoff outing, at least then if he does, you have him to help you in that. They could have had a good version of Hader down the stretch. They would have had some pain along the way. They had plenty of pain though with Taylor Rogers and with the rest of the bullpen anyway as a result. So I I'm just I'm sticking up for you <laughs> as you attack yourself, Andrew, because I What's... I think the story was was not quite as twisty and turny as that. There was never the Brewers were never the winners of that trade. They just may not have been as big a loser as they ultimately looked when Hader did find it again with the Padres.
2: The uh, the Josh Hader trade for the length of Cruising for a bruising and whatever twists and turns this podcast journey takes us on is going to be like any time Bill Simmons and Zach low get on a podcast they have to talk about the james harden trade that's going to be us with the josh hater trade i can give the them more like I,
3: I can give one that's anchored to gspn and to the podcast mm-hmm. and it is signed that we will eventually outgrow it it's the brandon nitrate oh wow it's, that's what it is it's the brandon night and i could mm-hmm. say that you could actually take your pick of which brandon Knight trade uh but that's that's the kind of thing it was and I know we had all the conversations around the various one, what came with Brandon Knight when he came, which you know, some pretty notable came from that. Uh, and then also in training him out and you had the years of MCW and what's MCW going to be. And then when he doesn't work out, you're like, they could have had the Lakers fifth overall pick. They could have had it. like that sort of stuff happens, particularly when you're in this position as a team where you're, you're clearly, you have the the tools to be on a real upward trajectory and make some noise it's like, you just don't want to blow it. I have one last quick thing, Jordan. Uh, this is specifically for you, because I'm not someone who has watched MLB Network before. I had to watch MLB Network because the Brewers did not want to make it easy for people to watch this charade. So I heard them refer to Milwaukee as a medium-sized market. And I have never heard that in any other sport in reference to a Wisconsin pro team do you think that's just a weird thing that one person said or is there, is that representative of a different perception in baseball of what Milwaukee and the Brewers are, as opposed to say what the books are?
4: Well, if you'd like to hear my answer, I'm working <laughs> on a long documentary that uh, might. <laughs> listen, I need
3: an answer before eight years from now, Jordan.
4: Uh, that is true. Um, No, I, I it's, it's weird that they would refer to it as medium. Which, I've actually, I uh, them. it made me think. In, ba- in think, baseball, it's smallest,
3: right? But I've also, I think that's correct. I've also never heard that. It's, it's always big markets and small markets. Nobody ever yeah, puts people in the middle. Everybody's
4: so, getting rid of the middle class these days. It really,
3: <laughs> it really stuck out to me where I stopped. I went, medium-sized market, wow. I, like, maybe that's a testament to stern's actual overachievement and even where the brewers have been in attendance and whatever in recent years where they've been more around the top 10 top 15 like yeah i guess that's where you draw that conclusion but certainly out in terms of spending power or Mm -hmm. i would guess in terms of ad revenue all those kind of things i was just curious that caught my attention i was wondering if that's ever something you'd heard milwaukee referred to oh
4: absolutely i think i think
3: medium size
4: yeah okay i think that i i think that kind of I would say that kind of applies <laughs> to them, uh, or to the city, as opposed um, to small market. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say small. Is that just is
3: that your sheer Milwaukee pride? Just speaking out there. It might joking.
4: be. It might be my my pride <laughs> beaming a little bit, but because look, we're sometimes not small it can... around here, we're medium.
3: <laughs> sometimes it could suit fans to be like, "We're a small market team."
4: Yeah. Uh, me, like, time, our be like a cop's tested and medium sized <laughs> shakes you know
0: um, uh, yeah
4: that's definitely I, new for baseball but I feel like more so uh, but in basketball they'll still say small but it, it's not that to that degree like because even like you look at
3: they the call NBA, everyone small that isn't like five teams in the NBA you're a small yeah. market if you're not in New York
4: LA, and honestly the same goes Chicago for baseball football. too Right, yeah, pretty much. Like Seattle exists in baseball, that it, I mean, it should exist in the NBA, but it doesn't currently. But I don't know. It's just it again that it's that perception. It also it doesn't
3: matter if your owner isn't like they don't have a medium sized owner
2: when it comes to spending. Any buyers <laughs> that I want to consider. Uh second on the that is, can we can, I I know we're kind of wrapping up here but
4: let's just reinforce the fact that the owner was not there for such it, it yeah you're promoting from within it's someone that's been in the organization for seven years now it's a monumental announcement though it is a monumental announcement especially for he was there when Doug Melvin stepped down and I know Doug Melvin's kind of a footnote at this point but when you go 26 years without making the playoffs and you bring the pieces together for that team, um, he doesn't carry a legacy of, you know, of. I think he like Sturds. He only, the, those Brewers under Melvin only won, one playoff series, but still kind of a big name around here um, in that sense of just the history of the Brewers. He was there for that when he stepped down and that was middle of the, I think middle of the season, Um it's, it's, that's, it's just weird. It is weird.
2: But here's the thing, the there. because if he's there and you stream it yourself and you're like, you can spin it as a celebration of Stearns's tenure and also a celebration of Arnold ascending to a new role. There's a way to PR spin the hell out of this uh, into like, oh, this is like kind of a, a positive moment. And at the end of a disappointing season and you know thanks david for what you've done and also you know really looking forward to what matt does in the future and instead he's either in the golf simulator or uh over like touring premier league stadiums like i don't know Champions, championship very, stadiums uh well he's a- aspirational adam next year <laughs> well look
3: he's got aspirations in milwaukee too and uh i just think- that apple down
4: I think I mean we're also approaching year twenty since he bought the team. Um, I could be ahead of that timeline, but just that that alone in optics is kind of telling. And just like with this weird middle ground period that the Brewers are in, and that you're seeking organizational hierarchy in every which way. Um, and there's been a lot of whispers and rumors about Antonazio pursuing other interests and soccer team rumors he's done it he's He's done it. it yeah exactly yeah he's done it and it's like okay that that would if i'm i'm excited to see what Matt arnold does with the team it's that right there that is like well that gives you a little bit of pause
3: with impeccable timing jordan um forbes annual look at the value of nba franchises just come out do you want to guess where the books rank
4: i'm going to guess medium
3: they are fifteenth <laughs> in the valuation of NBA oh, franchises baby. at two point three billion. So Jordan, you are vindicated. Milwaukee, congratulations. You are officially a medium-sized market.
4: I'm singing Dashboard Confessional right after we get out the pod.
2: I think you should do it on the pod. Uh, that's the most medium Vindic- they could
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: launch into it.
3: You forgot that Jordan, this new version of Jordan will sing anytime, any place.
4: I have the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack somewhere laying around here, so you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, we come to the, the end of this discussion probably that will eventually lead into more discussion as the World Series concludes. I don't even think we've mentioned the playoffs that much. The Houston Astros are taking on the Philadelphia Phillies starting on uh, Friday. So... Be interesting to see how that shakes out. Will the baseball machine that's built to destroy in Houston be victorious, or will they lo- lose to an NLA East team yet again that underperformed in the regular season? The, the Phillies uh, can seemingly do no wrong after sneaking into the postseason. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. And any parting thoughts on Stearns, Adonazio, Matt Arnold going forward, gentlemen?
3: I just want to know. Like, do either, you, do either of you think Stearns is not in a new president of baseball operations job somewhere within the next three months? You might have a different answer for six months. Like I just think it seems laughable the idea of he's gonna sit out a year and he's gonna be a brewer's advisor. Like that seems that seems off. Particularly it does also seem the opportunity will be there for some of the big jobs, like if he wants it. So I don't know why he wouldn't want it now if that is his aspiration, unless he is deadly serious and he's just going to be a fan for the rest of his years. But I don't know. Do either of you have a sense, a feeling on that? Any any bold prediction you want to make on when we see David Stearns sitting at a press conference again elsewhere?
4: I I think he is dedicated to a gap year.
2: I think the Mets convince him around I don't know it's got to be it's got to be like early November right because you you need need which is like
3: just to be clear early November starts next week
2: Uh, so maybe maybe Jordan's on to something but I don't know I I just the, the Mets would want him and if the Mets want you and they have an owner who wants to actively have the highest payroll in baseball that's really tough to turn down if you're committed does to it, he at some want it point. Though? I, if he doesn't if he
3: doesn't want it, what does he want? This is the confusing part. I don't like he give wants us to something. Put on,
4: he wants to put on that foam glove that says <laughs> "We're number 1 sit in the bleachers at AmFam."
3: Is this his new looking, role? He's going to be behind home plate all year. He's yep. just sitting there with a foam finger.
4: He's going to be a field attendant. He'll usher you to your seats. He'll say you can't sit there if you don't have those tickets. He's he's ready. Ball boy. He'll he'll make an excellent stab of of catching the ball and throwing it to a a small kid, say in the first row on the third base side. He's ready for everything that you want.
2: The thing is, is like if you ask me, how does taking a gap year getting paid maybe less than you were getting paid? We don't know the specific specifics on that. We all have different theories to be I guess just to leave your work phone on in case <laughs> like that, is that what the advisor role is? Uh, Like the idea of doing that and getting to just like exist and spend time with my family and travel and not be in a day-to-day grind that being a baseball operations person is seems really appealing. The but advisor kind of st-
3: role is fake though. Like it's, it's not even, you could turn your phone off. It's just, you will agree to remain under contract with us so that we can get some asset out of this or some cash. No, he's That's leaving it. the
2: phone on Adam. He's do- he's a nice guy. He's doing the courtesy. Uh, But the guys that take these jobs do not have the mindset of normal people that are like, oh, some time off sounds great. These are guys that got to where they got because they're probably like, there's probably something wrong with them and their relentless pursuit of success within their industry. I clearly do not possess that uh so if you're that type of mindset guy uh and you're presented with your next opportunity i don't know how you turn it down unless you meant what you said and you're like yeah i'm just like the, the comment about not having i guess the ability to commit what he needed to commit to continue being leading the brewers does that apply to all jobs that's the question we don't know
3: there was a lot of, look, I don't know what the short-term holds, the long-term holds. I have no agreement yet. You know, something could come along, but there's not right now. I think he's within our team before the calendar turns over to December.
4: We have the first move of the Matt I, we, do.
3: we do. We he's, do. He's taken no prisoners. He's just straight in. PD suspension last year, no more. JC Mejia has signed a minor league contract with the Brewers for next season.
2: He's making his mark. He's making his mark. It's
3: the bold moves we were we he's were.
4: Called, his but...
2: We're hoping we're hoping some of those steroids are left over and he is throwing harder than he's ever thrown in his career before. Looking forward to it.
3: I think that's it. I think we've uh, covered all the ground we can cover for today. We will see how all this plays out. We'll be talking a lot more about Matt Arnold. We'll be talking more about David Stearns. I've no doubt whenever he does. Do something, maybe pops up at like a Fortune 500 company. I don't know. got a good um,
4: signing bonus from a local Jamba Juice. That's what. <laughs> doing
3: now. We'll be back soon. He's ended our our hiatus earlier than anticipated. I think we'll have a pod next week. Next up for us, I, th- I think we might do a, a mailbag. So if you're a, if you're a listener to the pod and you've got any questions, any individual players, you've got questions on the Stern situation on any prospects, whatever it might be 2022 season, 2023 season. um, We will, we will put a call out at the time. If you want to make sure you don't miss it, there's two things I'd recommend you do. Follow us on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. The tweet will go out ahead of time where people will have the chance to go and send their questions in. And the other is get in our discord or GSPN discord. If you go to gspn.info, Use the link to get into the discord in there and you can get in, you can talk brewers with us and a whole bunch of other listeners all throughout the season, all throughout the year. And um, there'll be the ability to ask some questions in there too. So we'll, we'll flag that up ahead of time, but I think that's what's next. So get thinking if you've got questions you want answered, if you've anything specific, you want Andrew and I, and who knows maybe Mr. Tresky, maybe Mr. Windish, maybe any of the GSPN crew, um, make sure that you, Start thinking about them now when we put out the call, send them our way. And we'll talk through it all on the next episode. Until then, make sure you subscribe to all of the Eurostat Podcast Network podcasts. The main Eurostat Podcast Network feed covering all things Milwaukee Bucks. Jordan and I have already recorded a podcast today. It is up there now on the Bucks. Trino start to the NBA season, the last remaining undefeated team. Lots of good fun stuff happening with the books to start the year. So thank God once again for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> um, Jordan also has a Green Bay Packers podcast. Is that out, Jordan?
4: I believe it should be. It should be I out.
3: Don't know if it is actually out. If not, it might be tomorrow. I don't. I don't know. Is the plan the posting plan different on that? But uh, whether it's, it's available when you listen or not, the latest episode of Talk of the Tundra or Green Bay Packers podcast, Jordan and Numak talk true what well, is sure to be a very exciting game against the Buffalo Bills. What could possibly go wrong? I can only see good things coming when the Green Bay Packers go toe-to-toe with the Bills. Make time for this. Andrew and I are recording another podcast today. Um, we will be talking about 1960s horror got all sorts of fun stuff coming up in that one, so if you're looking for something to watch in the lead up to Halloween, make sure to check that out. Make time for this, it's the feed for that. That is, that is everything. I'm Adam McGee11, Andrew's at AC Snide, Jordan's at Jordan Tresky. Until the next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks,
2: fellas.